podcast from Impact 89 FM. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing on Impact Exposure, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave Harinkiu, and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing on this beautiful Monday? Oh, good. You know, I told you earlier, I just got done golfing 18 holes. I've been playing for about... <laughs> Six or seven hours. So. That, that's nice. Yes, it was. And just worked all weekend and enjoying the weather. It was nice this morning because the, the, the sun was gone and it was a nice little breeze. Uh-huh. Different than most days that we've had this past week. So Yeah, but, definitely. For sure. But yeah, other than that, doing well. No, that's great to hear. Yeah, um, you know, I hope everyone out there had a fantastic weekend. Uh, we did get some thunderstorms um, on Saturday or Friday. I'm not sure exactly when, but a um, little rain, but it really has been gorgeous outside. Uh, cool, It's cooled down just enough. It was a little too hot, obviously, earlier last week for a little period of time. But uh, now, not too bad. We don't have some crazy 105 heat index uh, temperature going out, going down outside. So uh, nice weather going around. It is, you know, it's end of July. It's just gorgeous outside. Uh, unfortunately, my basement flooded. Which was so oh, ridiculous, because no. um, you know I live in a duplex, so it's like uh-huh. three different units, and uh-huh. we go. I go downstairs to do laundry. There's like five inches of water covering the entire basement. Oh jeez. So they better get on that. We got to talk to them about that because tough to do laundry in a waiting pool of water. Oh yeah. But um, still, again, hopefully everyone had a good weekend out there. Uh, a lot going down in the sports world today and over this weekend. Um, we're definitely going to be getting to the NFL. Who is ready for some football, ladies and gentlemen? Finally, the lockout is over. After four and a half months, we will definitely be discussing that. I'm also going to be discussing the Detroit Tigers, now two games ahead in the Central Division, um, having a very nice series against the Minnesota Twins this weekend we'll be delving into that uh the trade deadline for the mate for the major league baseball is july 31st so i'll uh, look for dembrowski to be starting making some moves here uh this next week so we'll be discussing that also got to talk a little pistons looks like they have picked a new head coach uh lawrence frank so i want you to start thinking do you like the hire uh, is lawrence frank the guy that you want running the pistons um also we're going to talk a little red wings uh red wings chris draper looking like he might be announcing retirement tomorrow discuss a little bit of what the wings have been up to lately also, we got some Michigan State news for you guys, which usually this time of year, we don't have much of that at all, but we do have a little bit now, so a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, don't forget the phone number. It's 517-432-3893 is the number. You can call an all show about whatever we're talking about, uh, but we are going to start off with what I think is the most important topic of today, and that's the NFL lockout. Finally coming to an end after four and a half months 136 days the lockout is finally over this was the longest work stoppage in league history and the first work stoppage since 1987 so finally they have come to an agreement uh the nfl players association uh, association executive board and 32 team reps voted unanimous unanimously today to approve the terms of the deal for the new 10-year collective bargaining agreement So, again, they have finally got it done. Get ready for some football, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Like we've talked before, I never believed that they would really lose any regular season games, maybe some preseason games, but we're not even going to be losing that now. Uh, The league is finally taking care of their business and gotten it done. Uh, Roger Goodell says, quote, This is a long time coming and football's back. And that's the great news for everybody, end quote. And, yes, everyone has been really uh, down Roger Goodell's throat of, you know, getting this done. Um, Everyone wants football, uh, one of the most popular sports in this country, hands down. Um, I think a lot of people would have been quite livid uh, to see any regular season games lost uh, when it comes to this league that you know draws nine, uh, $9 billion a year in revenue. So the owners, the players, everyone had their own reasons to make sure that this got done. Uh, talking about uh, DeMaurice Smith, who is the NFL Players Association um, rep, he said, you know, we didn't get everything that either side wanted, but we did arrive at a deal and we think it is fair and balanced and quote from DeMarie Smith. So I mean looking at this Megan I mean finally we're going to have football and just that in general I mean how excited are you to see that this is it's finally done they've been talking about it forever and we finally come to a resolution. It's it's great um as I think everyone's thinking uh I, like you said it's one of the biggest franchises out there um brings in a lot of revenue I'll, Everyone, when everyone thinks of fall, I think one of the first thing after you know, like 
Halloween and cider, the next thing that comes to mind is football. Football. Yeah, especially, you know, with what would they have done if they'd been locked out throughout the Thanksgiving Day games? Like, they would have lost a ton of money, and I think it was about time, and I think they thought it was about time that they figured something out because they were going to lose a ton of money if they let this go through in a lot of fan base. Yes, I mean, obviously they would have lost a bunch of money, even losing a couple uh, uh, preseason games. They would have lost 220 some million dollars just in that alone. So a lot on the table for the players and the owners. Um, well, part of the agreement uh, that uh, was concluded today was that we were talking about the $9 billion here in the annual league revenue. This is how it will be divided. 53% of it will go to the owners and about 47% of it to the players over the next decade. Again, this is going to be a 10-year collective bargaining agreement. So again, let's not worry about there being another lockout, at least for another 10 years. So they have this agreement in place. Uh, the old collective bargaining agreement was really a 50-50 split in revenue between the players and the owners. Now it's about 53-47. So that is what they have come to. Um, you know, pretty fair, honestly, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the owners um, do have a legitimate beef in a sense of, uh, you know, a lot of the upkeep for the stadiums and lost revenue over the years. Um, you know, the players, they want to play and, you know, the owners, I, I don't want to call the owners greedy. The owners are businessmen and, you know, they want what's going to work out best for themselves as well. Um, part of the other um, uh, rules here with the C- the new collective bargaining agreement, uh, per club cap of about $120 million for salaries and bonuses in 2011. So each team has roughly $120 million for their salaries for their players, bonuses they pay out, and that's also going to go into 2012 and at least 2013. So, you know, that's, you know, really good to see there. Also, a salary system to rein in spending on first-round draft picks and unrestricted free agency for most players after four seasons. These are just some of the things that they have come into agreement for regarding the new collective bargaining agreement. And I just want to ask all of, uh, you know, our uh, just real fast, our listeners out there, there. Uh, I assume most people are obviously quite happy uh, regarding today's uh, lockout end. But uh, what do you think about this for the future of football? And, you know, do you think this season is, uh, you know, because football has really, in my opinion, gotten even more popular over the years. Will football just bounce back as strong as ever since this lockout has been, you know, worked out before losing any preseason or regular season games? Phone numbers 517-432-3893. Give me a call. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, one of the interesting things that I was actually looking at, you were talking about a couple of the things that they were talking about with the agreement, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, I think we talked about this before. They were thinking about extending the season to 18 instead of 16 games. Yes, that was games. part, yes. And that's what they're saying. The new agreement keeps the regular season at 16 games per team, and the players that actually oppose to the league's um, lengthening the season. And they say the deal stipulates the players must agree to any future switch to a longer season. Um, also, they end this paragraph with the agreement includes cutbacks and off-season workouts and reductions in hitting and practices during training camp in the season. Uh-huh. And I, I think those are some interesting things that they could throw in there. Um, oh, definitely. I, that's something you know people when think people think of lockouts. I know I'm included until I actually read more about it. I thought it was all money, which in the, a majority of it is. A lot of it a is. A lot of it is money, but some of it is also what happens within the program. And so I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, like that that the players get to decide whether they want to have a longer season if they want to have as many um, workouts or if they want to have as much hitting practice in off season mm-hmm. and that's what I know we've talked about this before is it's sad when players get hurt uh, in the off season in drills and things and they can't play in the first three or four games oh, in of the course. season and it's such a short season it is and so I think it's a good thing to even if it, they, they decide they don't like it and they want to do something different it's just something that they can stick with and look at and decide what they want to do maybe for next year yeah and I mean I'm really happy that obviously it's not going to an 18 game season um, I felt it was inevitable in the, when I was talking about this in months past I just felt like the owners and you know Roger Goodell wanted it so much that they would just push for it and almost you know just try and compensate the players enough to make that 18 game season I'm happy it's staying at 16 games again like you said it's a short season it you know brings a lot more drama to the season with only 16 games of course I'm just glad they let the players decide rather yeah. than the coaches or the owners of the teams because if it was up to them I'd sure they I'm sure they'd be like more money 
let's do it. You know, oh, of course. Of I mean, I, I think I don't know if the coaches would necessarily be on board, but yeah, the owners, um, you know, the GM, somebody like yeah. that, they might love it because yes, it is more revenue for themselves. Um, coaches, they I know they were probably sitting there worrying. Great, you know, my guys are getting injured all season already. We're gonna have to add two more games. Mm-hmm. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. But um, here's a little revised NFL uh, NFL offseason schedule of what's really going to be going down here the next week. It's going to be a really crazy week next week or two uh, regarding the NFL. Um, since they've been in work stoppage, all these teams haven't been able to do anything. So uh, finally, they can do some things. Uh, today, the NFL is going to publish their 2011 free agency list, and that will become effective on July 29th. Um, tomorrow at 10 a.m., club facilities open, and players may report for physicals and voluntary strength and conditioning. And trading begins for the 2011 league year. So the rosters will be expanded to the 90-man limit at that point. And, uh, tomorrow as well, clubs may negotiate with and sign their own drafted rookies and any undrafted rookie. Clubs may have such players report to the club's facilities for physical examinations prior to signings. Clubs may also negotiate but not sign or extend offer sheets to their own unrestricted free agents. Okay. Um, also, camp opens on the 27th for 10 separate clubs whose first preseason game is August 11th. Those 10 clubs whose camp will open on the 27th will be Arizona, Baltimore, Dallas, Denver, Jacksonville, New England, Oakland, Philadelphia, San Diego, and Seattle. Uh, regarding our Detroit Lions, on the 28th of July, camp opens for 10 more ball clubs whose first, pre- whose first preseason game is August 12th. Those teams are the Detroit Lions, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Miami, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and Washington, 29th. Ten more clubs will also have their camps open. So, uh, And then the final two clubs with their preseason game being on August 15th will open on August 30. I mean, not August, excuse me, July 31st. And then on August 4th, which will be the first day of the 2011 league year at 4.01 p.m., all clubs must be within the salary cap and all 2011 contracts signed on or after July 26th become effective. So really August 4th is when this, the, all these teams need to have made their moves. That's what you're going to see. All these agents and all these teams going after. All these unrestricted free agents, all these guys, they're looking to shore up their ball clubs with. They need to have this all figured out by August 4th. Um, also, the ninth deadline for players under contract to report to their clubs to earn an accrued season for their free agency. So August 9th, these players must show up. The first preseason weekend of the year, again, that will be August 11th to the 15th. So if you're looking for preseason NFL football, that's when it will be. The Lions will be playing their first preseason game on August 12th. You'll have your second preseason weekend, the 18th through the 22nd. And then the 25th through the 28th will be the third preseason weekend. Also on August 20th will be the deadline for signing of offer sheets by restricted free agents. So, and then finally, September 1st through the 2nd, which is the fourth preseason weekend, roster reduction to the 53 limit for the ball clubs. So I know that was a lot of information. Uh, You guys can definitely check that out if you want to look at more. But uh, basically, training camps are opening up here this week, 27th through the 31st, for all the ball clubs in the NFL. After that, by August 4th, these teams need to have had, they need to be within the salary cap limit and have all the 2011 contracts signed on or after the 26th will become effective at that point. So, I mean, Megan, do you think that, again, that everyone is going to just get behind that? Like, everyone's just so excited that the NFL's back that everyone's going to forget all the ill will of the last four and a half months and all the crap that was going on and just say, we got football coming. Let's get excited about it. I think there will be a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people are going to be bitter for a while saying, I can't believe we went into a lockout for four and a half months to come to these kind of decisions. I'm sure not everyone's going to like everything that you just listed off either. Yes. Um, so I think there will, there will be those people, but the majority, as I said earlier, um, people are just, when you think of fall, you think of football. And that's what I think of. Like, I think of Spartan football season. I think of Sundays and Mondays where we have Sunday night football, Monday night football, all that good football stuff. Football every like, day of the week. Thursday night like, football, NFL Network. Right. <laughs> everything. Like, football's on every day. And that's why I have so many friends that are just like, sorry, I can't do anything tonight. Football's on. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just such a it's such a part of the American culture that I think people will probably be, like, for the first month or two, they'll be like, oh, whatever, you know, like. But after we get into the season, I think they're going to be like, yeah, football's back. I don't care about what happened. Let's do this, that kind of thing. No, I mean, I agree mostly with that. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are going to quickly forget 
Mm-hmm. If we would again, if we would have lost any games, actually, if that would have happened, then I think you oh, really would have had a backlash. Right. Um, but not losing any games, I think the people can say, well, you know what? They really cut it to the last minute, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that training camps can open on time. We're not going to lose preseason games. Right. Um, but with not losing that, I think a lot of people are just going to say, all right, well, you know, they did get the deal done. You know, we're going to have football, and now we can actually focus on, you know, what are what, what are the Lions going to do? What is this team going to do? And, you know, that's the thing. The Lions now will finally be back in business. Now, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football against the uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears. When was the last time we could say the Lions were on Monday Night Football? Oh. Like 2001, I believe. It was forever ago. They're picked to be good this year. Yes, they are. Uh, they're, they're, they're that favorite sleeper pick. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and hopefully they can live up to that. Uh, they did sign some great uh, dra- uh, They did uh, draft some great uh, players here in the draft. And uh, now they will finally be able to sign these five draftees. They're going to be signing Nick Fairley, Titus Young, Mikel Ashore, Doug Hogue, and Johnny Colbreath. Um, you know, the guys that they picked in the draft, Nick Fairley was going to be a monster next to Ndama Kasu. Um, You know, obviously this is what a lot of people have been talking about is just uh, the vicious front four that we will have for the Detroit Lions. Uh, some people saying one of the best defenses possibly in the league. Yep. But to be one of the best defenses in the league, they're going to have to make sure they take care of their cornerback issues. And that is the one thing that the Lions are really going to be looking at at this time. Um, a lot of big name cornerbacks on the market right now. And uh, you know that's what we need to see what they're going to do. Um, teams can negotiate again but not sign unrestricted free, ag- free agents until 6 p.m. Friday. So they will be able to talk with guys like Asamwaga. They'll be able to talk with you know guys like Jonathan Joseph from Cincinnati, another cornerback. They will not be able to sign any of these guys until 6 p.m. Friday. So you will see what kind of negotiations the Lions will be going through in trying to get a really good cornerback. I don't know if they're going to go out and spend that kind of money for a guy like you know Asamwa from the Raiders who will command such a salary. I don't know if the Lions will do that. They might be spreading themselves too thin. I would love to have him. He's a great player. I still think he's going to stay in Oakland personally. But uh, we will see what happens there. Another thing, Chris Houston, uh, one of the Lions' most important unrestricted free agents. Um, you know, He was quite a reliable cornerback a lot of last season. We have not offered him any kind of extension. And we will see if we want to let him test the open market or if we're going to go after him. Um, it's really tough to say here. But again, guys like Jonathan Joseph out there available from Cincinnati. Um, so we uh, we got a call real fast. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, uh, Blake, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How you doing? Great, Dave. How you doing, man? Not too bad. What are you uh, calling about? Calling about the uh, lockout finally being resolved, huh? Yep, I got a quick take on that. A um, few positive points I see is that they stick to 16 games. I know you touched on that, but I think that's huge, especially with, uh, you know, like the Lions last year, you know, when we're already out of it by week 11, the last thing you need is two more weeks of just trying to grind it out as long with the injuries. Also, I think another big point was the less workouts. You know, these guys come into a training camp so in shape already. You know, football's totally changed. I mean, these guys are all ready to go. There's no need for them to be hitting two-a-days for how, how long are there things, like a month at a time and stuff? Pretty much. All right. And uh, one of my the, the bad points I think I see is that there's still four preseason games. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of getting less uh, – Less preseason games out there. So, uh, well, I know what you're saying there, Blake. Uh, the, you know, the, I agree. I, I think the same thing. I would love to have two preseason games or whatever. The problem is you eliminate two preseason games and you don't add any regular season games, then the owners lose like $250 million. So that's why you know they either extend the regular season and cut the preseason or you just deal with the preseason, um, I guess. I don't like the preseason as well. But uh, looking at the lines real fast, Blake, I just want to ask you, you know, obviously they're going to be testing the market here. Uh, they do, they have a pretty, I think they have a pretty deep team. Uh, they could use a linebacker and a cornerback. Uh, where do you see the Lions potentially uh, looking for that talent? Well, you know, you know, as you said, uh, you know, they got to they gotta jump on this quick. I mean, all the teams, you pretty much now have like five months of, uh, of uh, you know, free agency, you know, pretty much getting condensed down to two weeks. Yes. And, you know, as you said, they definitely need, I think, linebackers especially more than anything. Uh, they still need to pick up some linebackers. I'm not sure who the right, the right man for the job is, and uh, you could probably touch on that better than me. But uh, that's, a, that's just about all I got. But uh, they clearly need linebackers. Cornerback is the issue, too. They at least need one cornerback. But I think two linebackers, and uh, we, should have, uh, we should have a great, great defense, one of the top in the NFL. I know. I really hope so. And, uh, Blake, I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks a lot. Yep. All right, bye. 
No, but I definitely do agree with Blake that, um, you know, the crazy thing, and that's what they've been talking about. You're talking about five months of usually free agency. It goes on for a while. Teams, you know, teams can really play off different offers. They can, you know, just wait for a better deal. Agents have that. They can play the field in a sense when it comes to that. And now two weeks, it's, you know, I mean, it's like cramming. It's like you never went to a class all semester, and now you've got to cram in two weeks and uh, try to get all that information and, you know, get it all out there and regurgitate it back. So, I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It will be very interesting to see what kind of moves teams make um, in this very short amount of time. It's going to put agents, owners, GMs, they all won't get any sleep for the next two weeks. Trust me, these guys, <laughs> these guys are going to be killing themselves. Um, obviously, they don't mind. They're happy to just be able oh, yeah. to have the season. A lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Uh, Tom Lewand, who is the Lions president, said, quote, It is a fair deal for players and teams. We'll be able to grow the game and appropriately share the growth with our players as partners. End quote. So uh, Tom Lewand, who's the Lions president, is happy uh, with the, uh, you know, the agreement that they finally made. Uh, nice to see the players who, you know, the players, again, did not get everything they wanted, but they want to play football, and yeah, maybe it's not 50-50, uh, the revenue split anymore, but 53-47 is close enough, and it was really nice to see those 32 player reps unanimously vote in this new collective bargaining agreement, um, you know, just to get it done. Uh, real fast, here's a little tentative timeline for the Lions in the coming days. On Tuesday, the, tomorrow the Lions will open their practice, uh, practice facility in Allen Park to players for voluntary training, conditioning, and classroom instructions. Also on Tuesday, trades can begin. Teams may sign drafted and undrafted rookies and negotiate but not yet sign their own unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, or exclusive rights players and franchise players. Also tomorrow, the Lions may also negotiate with but not sign or give offer sheets to other teams' unrestricted free agents again, restricted free agents and franchise players. That will be 6 p.m. Friday that they will be able to actually make offers. They can negotiate right now but they cannot make offers. On Thursday, the Lions will be allowed to waive terminate players contracts and they will and the Lions players also will be reporting to camp on Thursday on uh, Friday the Lions may renegotiate existing player contracts again starting Friday at 6 p.m. they can sign their own restricted free agents or pick up new ones Friday at 6 is really when you're going to see the dominoes start to fall across the league who's going to be picked up who's not going to be available who's your second option who's your third option Um, like we were talking about with the cornerback position if they can't get a guy like Jonathan Joseph, if they can't afford a guy like Asamoah from the Raiders, then they might have to come back with an offer for Chris Houston. Um, you know, if there's not something that you don't, you're not going to spend a ton of money on someone that you're not too sure about. Chris Houston did have a pretty good year last season. He's a young kid. So, uh, you know, they might ha- give him an offer, ask him to come back. Uh, Friday through Saturday, light workouts for the players. And Sunday will be the first practice in pads for all these players. So, uh, you know, just looking at, you know, this right now, Megan, do the Lions, I mean, I know we were talking linebacker, we are talking cornerback, do the Lions, should the Lions go out and if they have the opportunity, spend a ton of money on a quarter cornerback or a linebacker, or maybe not go after the big name guy and, you know, sign some smaller name guys that they see the potential in still for this team. Why not get the smaller guy? Okay. That's just how I feel about things. It's those those big name guys always are good, but it's the smaller smaller names that have the potential that usually come through the most. Uh-huh. Um, that's just what I think about it and everything. That's what I see a lot, and that's what I like about sports is um, – you, you could have the big-name guy who's good all the time, and then all of a sudden you have the sleeper, as you've called teams and everything like that, the sleeper that just comes up and just annihilates everyone. Yeah, I mean, the the tough thing, yeah, with it all is, you know, you, you know what Asimov can do. You know what Jonathan, you know, Joseph can do. You know, you've seen these guys play well. Um, you know, they just they, they command a ton of money, and, you know, rightfully so. Um, they are, uh, you know, all-stars in their position in the league. Uh, but still... It, you know, it depends. I need, you know, you got to wait to see how many guys the Lions are signing, how much money they're giving them right. to that $120 million salary cap limit, you know, because it really is going to make a big difference on if you get a big name guy, if you can afford that guy and afford to keep him around. I think a lot of guys like the idea of maybe coming to Detroit. I think Detroit um, for the Lions has now become kind of a place like we're coming here and we're going to turn it around and that's what the Lions have started to do last year as you saw winning their final four games um again Matt Stafford stays healthy people want to be part of a team having success that has 
it hasn't had success in over 60 years, really. I had little success in the 90s with Barry Sanders, um, you know, winning a few playoffs games, but they really haven't made any kind of a footprint in the NFL in a long time other than having an 0-16 season. So I think you do have a lot of guys around the league thinking, you know what, maybe come to Detroit and, you know what, turn this ship around. I think Matt Stafford, that's why he was so excited when he got drafted by Detroit, you know, after their 0-16 season to say, hey, I'm coming here to bring Detroit Lions football back on the map to make us finally not a laughing stock of the league and maybe that will be something that will sway some big name free agent to come over to our team um it's tough to say and um i guess we'll see it's going to be mayhem Matty ice just needs to stay healthy I mean, that's a big part of it. He really does. Because, yes, I mean, our defense, I mean, with Nick Fairley, you know, I mean, Vanden Bosch, Sue, you got Cliff Averill. I mean, they have some, they have the best front four there um, in the league, practically. And I see, I just can't wait to see them tear quarterbacks' heads off because uh, they are really going to, they are going to be demonstrative um, out there on the field. Uh, but if you guys have any other thoughts about the lockout or the end of the lockout, excuse me, um, you definitely could call in the rest of the show, 517 432 3893. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, though. Uh, when we get back, we're going to be talking about the Detroit Tigers, a team that's now two games up in the Central Division. Uh, talk about their uh, series against Minnesota here uh, this last weekend. We'll also get into a little bit of uh, trade talk. Uh, trade deadline for the MLB is July 31st. So Dombrowski's still looking to add that left-handed pitcher. I want you guys to start thinking about who you want to get there. Also, Pistons talk. We got Red Wings, MSU. We got it all for you. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM. East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. I'm out of here. Th- thanks again, man. It was good. Wait, time. you were uh, you were hitting it pretty hard tonight. Are you, are you good to drive? Heck yeah! I am amazing at driving. Yeah, man. You sure? I mean, I can call a cab, or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home. Yeah, you know? yeah don't worry. I'm good. Okay. Uh, hey, text me when you get back. Okay. Stop right there. This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive. Ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights from 8 until 10 p.m., The Impact Flashback is your retro music alternative, playing your old favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Only on Impact Primetime. In a world where radio was repetitive and mundane. In a time when FM is played by the same 15 songs. An army of new songs are called to battle. And only the strongest survive. Every Sunday night from 8 till 10. Sit or spin. Only on Impact 89 FM. Now, back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. David Megan here with you. Just about a half hour left in the show. Uh, first half, to, half hour spent the whole time talking about the end of the NFL lockout. Uh, just a little recap for all of you that might have just tuned in. Uh, the lockout is finally over after four and a half months. So congratulations to all our football fans out there because we have a season. But uh, we are going to move on to Major League Baseball uh, season that doesn't have a work stoppage, and they're playing right now. Uh, the Detroit Tigers uh, played, uh, they had Monday off last week, nice day to relax for themselves, and then they had a two-game series here against the Oakland Athletics at home. Uh, one on Tuesday, 8-3, to three, uh, great outing by uh, Rick Porcello, really pitching well that night. Uh, Wednesday suffered a tough loss, 7-5 to five against Oakland. Uh, Dwayne Belo um, got his first start here with us, really pitched a pretty decent game, uh, but the bullpen kind of let it go. Percy got the loss there in the 7-5 to five loss. But what I want to talk about more is a Thursday through Sunday series against the Minnesota Twins. Obviously a team in our division, someone we're competing against, and a team that historically plays great in the second half. And not only that, plays great 
at their home at Target Field. They play really well at home, um, especially against us. If you look in years past, but the Detroit Tigers really took care of business this weekend. Thursday, Justin Verlander getting a nice win, six to two as usual, getting his thirteenth win of the season. Great job for JV out there on Friday, which was actually more important to me was seeing Max uh, Max Scherzer having such a great outing. Eight to two was the win. Uh, Max just uh, commanded the commanded the uh, strikes on the whole night. Uh, looked fantastic. So great job for Max Scherzer on Saturday. The Tigers did suffer a loss four to one against the Twins. Again, all these games are at Minnesota. Uh, Brad Penny got the loss in that game. Not a lot of runs support from um, you know for him at all. Um, didn't have the best game. Some wild pitches. Um, you know, really again uh, the opposite of Scherzer. Kind of didn't uh, command the plate as he should have. But uh, nonetheless, Tigers bounce back on Sunday instead of splitting a series after winning the first two. Uh, real gutted out kind of win five to two. Porcello gets his tenth win of the season. We now have three pitchers with ten or more wins. So um, that's a really good sign to see, especially for a team that's tr- you know primed right now to make a playoff run. And you know you need that three man rotation, which would be J- Justin Verlander, Scherzer, and Porcello most likely. So that is great to see with that. Um, the Tigers right now again fifty four and forty seven, two games ahead of Cleveland. Cleveland sitting at fifty one and forty eight. The Chicago White Sox four and a half games back of Detroit, Minnesota now has fallen to seven games back of us in Kansas City, still lingering at the bottom of the Central, 12 games back. Uh, great job, Chicago, beating up on Cleveland all weekend. Uh, Cleveland has not lost four straight, so um, you know, uh, good for us. Um, you know, looking at this, uh, Megan, uh, the Tigers, you know, 12 and one now uh, in their last 13 games against the Minnesota Twins. Something that, if you look at, like I said, a year or two ago. You never would have thought that stat could have existed. Um, you know, what do you think of this team going forward now? Uh, you know, really seems to you know be firing on all cylinders in a lot of ways. It's it's great, and I know I bring this up every week, but we just look at the team after the All Star break last year, and mm-hmm. they just died. And this year, I think they're turning it up. You know, they're getting they're getting ready for the end of the season or toward the end of the season. Because I mean, we're not there yet, but yes, um, getting ready for the second half of the season. And with all what's going on too, with the trades and getting rid of people and moving everyone around, and I think they're they're starting to make the right moves. And I think that's that's what what we need from the team. And then if they keep if they keep this going, I'm stuttering a lot. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> if they keep this going, there is no reason that this team shouldn't win the division. Especially, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that or that Cleveland is not gone. They're not. Done. No way. Not a chance. No, not a chance at I all. I just love. I love that we're two games ahead. That's I think one of the biggest leads we've had on them, if not this season in a long time. In a while. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at that stat, yeah. but it has been a while since we've had a, a, a decent lead. And they just need to keep it going. Like uh, one thing we always beat up on them on is at the beginning of the season, especially was their um, batting, their offense. We mm-hmm. had such problems with that. You know, with um, I read you the statistic. You want me to throw this out? There. Oh, please do. We actually have the fourth highest batting average in the major leagues with um 265. That's great. The highest is the Red Sox with 279. So I mean, we're not we're not too far behind. Um, so it's that's the one thing they've picked up on, and I guess um, also with moving Brandon Edge down, which I know we'll probably talk more about that. Yeah. No, he wasn't hitting so hot. Um, he wasn't doing so hot in a couple different places, and then we got Benamit and put him there, and he can actually, you know, hit a little bit for yeah, us. Yeah, Benamit, I mean, the guy, uh, when we mm-hmm. picked him up, he had three home runs, 27 RBIs. Uh, he was batting two eighty one, um, you know, with uh, Kansas City. Um, uh, a, a good replacement for Brandon Edge, not um, some amazing signing. No. Um, he's not some game changer. He does not hit for a lot of power. Um, but still, he wasn't batting 174 with one home run and 17 RBIs like Brandon was. Yes. Um, and let's get into that right now, real fast. Uh, actually, uh, you know, Brandon Inge sent down. Um, doesn't look like we're going to be keeping him for any reason. Um, you know, it just looks like it's time for him to go. Um, and I want to ask all of our listeners, what do you think of that? Uh, Brandon Inge, one of the you know the longest tenure Tiger. He was with this team through the bad times. He was with this team through you know the 06 run to the World Series. Um, very loyal Tiger, very respected. But at this time not performing even close to what he should be performing at. And, you know, the Tigers need to make a change. And, Megan, I ask you know, our listeners and everyone, are you okay with that? Are you happy with the move that Dombrowski made? Or do you think maybe it was just a little panicky and they could have gotten somebody else or they could have worked with Inge? Phone number is 517-432-3893. Uh, you know, I'll ask you that, Megan. I mean, do you, 
I think a lot of people love Brandon. I think you saw the same kind of, uh, you know, not outcry, but like when I talked, oh, Curtis Granderson, he's, he's my tiger. Mm-hmm. He's my, well, but still, you know, mm-hmm. if it's the right move, it's the right move. And right. do you think that it was time for Brandon to go with just how this season has played out? Like, I, I like you said, a lot of people like Brandon Inge. I know my brother was a big Inge fan. He was saying he was going to pick it up. He's going to pick it up. And I've actually met Brandon Inge. He's a great guy. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do with his baseball. And so... Dombrowski, I think, was just looking at what was best for the team. Brandon Inge came into the season, wasn't doing so well. It wasn't bad, it wasn't good, but wasn't doing awesome. Low, just low 200s, yep. and batting 220 Mono something. Was out for a while. We kind of put a couple different guys there, trying them out. They did, they did fine. Don they Kelly, did. I think, played yeah. great over at third base. Uh, even Danny yeah. Worth at times. Right. And I mean, Don Kelly's throwing strikes. He's striking people out. Don Kelly's playing all right. position. I know. And, you know, they put a couple guys there. They did fine. He came back. He just. Throughout the season, he just needed needed to pick it up. Yeah. And that's what, what happened with him is he was very consistent, but at a very low level of consistency. Very low. Um, he was – obviously, he's a very good third baseman. I will give him that. He is fantastic there. Um, but defense isn't the only thing you need. You need to be able to hit. And that's a big thing with a, with a team that needs to take the division. You need to be able to hit. And if you're getting thrown in the lineup – but you're being played at third and you can't hit and you're going to be our third out every time or you're going to pop out every time or something like that and not do anything You're just for the guaranteed team. out in the eighth or right. ninth spot in the and lineup. The thing is, he was. And my dad and I would be watching the games. He's like, oh, Brandon Ninja's up. Well, there's an out. And he'd just like walk away from the TV. Like, like that. Brandon's no one, no one expected much from him after a while. No, they didn't. Uh, let's go to the phone lines and see uh, see what uh, Blake here thinks about uh, Brandon Inge. Blake, you're back on the Spartan Sports Wrap. What's up? on that um you know i just want to quote jim leland you know it's a production business he is most uh, people's favorite tiger or, you know a lot of people love him however just not getting the job done yes i think that uh Benjamin was you know power numbers pretty much non-existent but a great pickup because we just need someone to fill in that eight spot nine spot you know he hits a high average you know i think he's hitting like 280 right now for yep. the season. so he's, he's great to fill in the eight hole and uh, that power lineup right through the middle, you know, with uh, Ordonez and and uh, Cabrera, Martinez, and Peralta is just a, a great lineup. We just needed uh, consistency in the back end. Well, no, definitely. And let me just ask you a quick question, Blake. Uh, you know, like I said, we were talking about the Curtis Granderson, uh, Granderson deal uh, a couple years ago and just how people like, oh, I love Grandy, now he's gone. And then people saying, oh, look how great Granderson's doing out in New York right now. Um, do you think that Brandon Inge, I know he's just been sent down, we haven't released him yet, but when that happens, uh, do you think that, Tiger fans will have any kind of backlash towards Inge being, you know, let go. Are they going to say, you know what, it was time. He just was not producing. You know, I, I think, I mean, Granderson is a good example of uh, times that you you might have wished you held on to him, you know, with the numbers he's putting up now. But I think a lot of people just, you know, just, just realize that it was time to make the decision. You know, you're in first place. You got you to gotta win the division now. It's all about winning now. I agree. I like about Dombrowski. You know, he's ready to make some moves. Although he could disappoint me here if he doesn't if he doesn't pick up an ace right now. Uh, yeah, and that is what we will be getting to uh, very shortly. But Blake, thanks a lot for the call again. All right, buddy. Peace. All right, bye. That's the thing is, I really like Brandon Inch. He's a great guy. He's a great player. He's very gives mellow. back to the city. He, yeah, I mean, he's he a he's got a big heart. He's a, he's a great guy. It's just the thing about him. He's not old, but he's starting to show that he is getting. He's, older. He's getting older. Yeah. I mean, better me. You know, he's twenty nine. You look at Brandon Inch. Brandon Inch is like thirty four. Yeah. 33 like he's, like he's not, not the, old he's not old but, but showing his age you know and i mean i i i don't know much about this i don't know too many adults that get mono so bad that they're just knocked out do you know more about this because i was talking with friends i'm like i haven't even known an adult uh-huh. and i'm talking an adult i'm not uh-huh. talking someone our age uh-huh. that gets mono like that gets mono. That gets mono. Like adults that just, I mean, especially an athlete, it just seems so bizarre to see Brandon Inge get mono. Um, and just to have it just complete. I mean, I have never had mono. I know enough people that have, and I know it really knocks you out. It, do, you want, it, do you want me to give you the medical stuff Yes, here? I'll please. throw it out there as quick as I can. I had mono my, my senior year. Um, mono is also known as the kissing disease, which it's not the only way you can get it. The big thing with athletes, they do actually, there's a lot of athletes that get it, especially okay. in middle school and high school. Um, you can be a carrier but not get it. And what it what it lives on is water bottles. 
People who okay. share water bottles, um, share like food, are like, here, try this drink. You know, like it could be on the straw or it could be on the tip of a water bottle. I know a lot of athletes squirt it into their mouths. I don't know what baseball players are like. I know that's usually football, NFL, that kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, that's that's the big thing with athletes is, is it does the parasite does live on water bottles, and if you have some of that, you can get. It. It's very sick from it. Okay, well, that's really good to know. I'm, I'm really happy you told me that because, mm-hmm. honestly, I just did not know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And I was just always wondering, like, wow, you know, and just been out forever. And how, how did he get it? Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. It's kind of so fluky. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I, I mean, he wasn't playing great, don't get me wrong, at all before the mono. Yeah. But that mono just put him in such a funk yeah. that he just, he, I don't think he could ever come back from that. And he, he knew that himself almost, yeah. I think, to a large degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, real fast, getting back to the Tigers and, like, their series with the Twins on Sunday. A really great win. Uh, you know, Minnesota kind of handed it to us. We scored two runs on wild pitches, scored one on an error um, as well. Uh, Liriano, who threw a no-hitter earlier this season, only went three and a third um, against the Tigers. We absolutely abused him, uh, batting around in the third inning um, through the lineup. Um, you know, just a, a lot of base hits, a lot of, you know, again, and then some wild pitches, some fortunate luck to get a few runs there, um, you know, in the, in the third. So, you know, that was really great to see. Um, someone I want to give a lot of props to real fast – Johnny Peralta, this guy has been playing out of his mind. Uh, Johnny Peralta, somebody I can guarantee you when we first picked him up, I did not think it was the best deal. And even re-signing him, I wasn't upset by it, but I thought, you know, he's not maybe worth that much money. But the way Peralta's been playing, Peralta, you could honestly arguably say is the all-star on this team at at this time. Is he better than Cabrera? No. But is he playing way above his potential? I would say yes. Uh, the man is batting 435 in his last seven games. He had eight RBIs, two home runs in this series against the Minnesota Twins. Um, batting 529 in that series is incredible. And uh, to see a guy who now is batting 322 uh, for the season right now, um, you know, he has 59 RBIs, 16 home runs. Cabrera has 64. RBIs, uh, you know, and also you talk home runs. Miguel has twenty, Peralta sixteen. I guess it's just something that I never saw coming from a guy, mm-hmm. and to even keep it up from the All Star break, I'm just so impressed. And Johnny Peralta, my Tiger of the Week, if you want to call it that, or whatever Tiger of the Month, um, even in July in general, um, just in the month of July alone, uh, Johnny Peralta is batting three fifty nine with twelve RBIs and three home runs, um, five doubles as well this month. So. Great job, Johnny Peralta. Uh, I just can't say enough of how impressed I am with his play. Um, he's fifth in the American League in batting average, sixth in the American League in slugging percentage, and seventh in the American League in OPS. So for a guy that we're paying $5.25 million this year, worth every penny. Uh, I just remember him last year. I didn't know him very well, you know, mm-hmm. last year. They kind of throw him in every once in a while. Then more toward the end of the season, they started playing him more. And, you know, he'd have his times. And then this year, you know, all-star game, hitting like he has been, playing like he has been, all that good stuff. He's he's a great shortstop. And it's a, a, the best place I think you possibly could have put him at is right there. And then with his hitting, you know, being close to you know how Cabrera is, and it's it's someone as you said you wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect this kind of production from a guy that is was so inconsistent in Cleveland. He'd have a good season, he'd have a rough season, and just to see him, he's put it together all year. He hasn't had moments of greatness, and then just months of you know uh, no production. He's done it all year all year long, and. You know, where would this team be without Johnny Peralta? And it's a tough thing to say. It's the same with Victor Martinez. Yeah. Um, two guys that have just, they've played, they've overexceeded my expectations for how they were going to come in and play. And I'm just, I'm so, I mean, you look at that lineup, I mean, especially yesterday, I loved it. Brandon Bosch in the two, Mags in the three, Cabrera's in the four. Mm-hmm. And then you got Victor Peralta. It's just, uh, you know, murderer's row. Um, you know, from two through six to a degree. And even Austin Jackson, who, you know, he has been hurt. He had, he's had the sore thumb, so he's been resting more. You know, he's got his batting average up to 243. Right. He has been playing a lot better. And, you know, Mags, I mean, talk about a guy who I, I had so many arguments with people saying, why is Mags playing? You know, this was like a week or two ago. Well, no, we're paying, we're paying Mags $10 million, <laughs> and Mags a hitter. And Mags a guy that needs to play every day. Yeah. Mags doesn't play every You can't expect a guy to raise his batting average or to get better. If he's playing every other day, and that was a ridiculous thing. You got Mags bringing up his average now to 236. He's really been playing well recently. And I really think another guy, got to say, Carlos Guillen. 
Oh, yeah. Carlos Guillen, who, quite frankly, could be the catalyst again, like I said last week, to really propel this team completely to the playoffs. Um, he's only played in seven games, but he's batting 360 right now. The guy's got already six RBIs, one home run. That's good. Oh, yeah. And that's real good. And Carlos, who is a solid second baseman, um, you know, it's just really great to see Carlos come in there, too. This team has, they're built. They're built to get it done. And I want to talk real fast about Sunday's game. All you need, I think our bullpen is solid enough where we have our starters go six. Then you have Albuquerque for the seventh, you got Benoit for the eighth, mm-hmm. and you got Jose Valverde, who just got his 26th save yesterday. He's 26 for 26 in the ninth. That is great because that's what baseball is these days. Okay, it used to be complete games always for the starting pitchers. You'd only would need a closer. That's not this. That's not the league anymore. That's why a guy like you know Benoit commanded such money where a middle relief, late relief type of guy like that never would have commanded that type of money in a, in the league ten years ago even. But the league has completely changed in that aspect. So it is really good to see that you know the Tigers have a solid seventh inning, eighth inning, and ninth inning guy. Because if we have our, I mean, you know, JV is going to at least go eight for you, oh, yeah. and Scherzer can go eight too. Porcello and Penny, if they can honestly put in a solid six or seven, uh-huh. I have no worries about our bullpen stepping in and taking care of business. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, looking at this series real fast, uh, you know, Monday through Wednesday, we're going to be at the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Belo is getting the start versus Burley tonight. How do you see uh, the Tigers coming out against the Sox in this three-game series? There's no reason that. They shouldn't win this. They shouldn't sweep them in this series. Okay. Just looking at how the team is now, I haven't watched a lot of their games. As I told you earlier, I've been working a lot. So I've been, oh, yeah. I've been trying to watch as much as I can. That's why I love the box score. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so I haven't really had time to watch them. But looking at their how they've been doing in the past game, the past few games, even though they did lose one, <laughs> well, who cares? Um, <laughs> they've been doing so well before that and even after that. And it's just there's no reason. that The White Sox are good, but they're not so good that we shouldn't be able to beat them, especially being first in our division. Yeah. Um, the only game, I mean, that's the only question is tonight. You got mm-hmm. Belo versus Burley. Again, Belo, who's got like a one eight zero ERA now, didn't pitch too much. Pitched like four innings yep. in that game against Oakland on Wednesday. Um, you know, Burley not having the best season, 7-5. and five, um, But, you know, the next two games, it's going to be Justin Verlander versus Jake Peavy, and then Max Scherzer versus Danks. So, I really see wins on Tuesday and Wednesday. I wonder about tonight. And that's it. Because, you know, you got a guy out there who's in his second start, and you just don't know. And I I still believe that they have the potential to sweep them, hands down. But below's a question mark for me. We'll just have to see. I mean, I think think he and everyone on the team is more than capable of of sweeping this team. Yes, but again, that game's 8-10 tonight. That is your start time. It's going to be at Chicago. That's Monday through Wednesday, three-game series. After that, they will come back to Comerica Park for a series Thursday through Sunday against the Los Angeles Angels. And that is what is going on with Detroit Tigers. Uh, Real fast, Tigers again, trade deadline coming up here July 31st. Tigers looking to get a left-handed pitcher. Um, Problem being, they might have to spend a lot of money to get one of these guys. Um, a lot of people have been mentioning the name Hiroki Kuroda uh, from the Dodgers. Uh, you know, pretty solid pitcher. He hasn't had the best year, but he's with the Dodgers, so you can only say so much. He's 6-12, and but he's got a 3-1-9 ERA. He has 97 strikeouts in 127 innings. So, you know, it's tough to say. Um, other names always being mentioned, bounced around, which is, you know, they call the plan B and plan C. Um, if they can't get a guy like Kuroda, uh, they're talking about Aaron Harang or Eric Bedard. Um, as they also make this final push. Um, so we really have to see. I you know for a fact Dombrowski is going to pull the trigger on somebody. You just wonder who it is. But this team has to get a left-handed pitcher. Um, they just have to. Uh, we will see who they get. Um, again, I can't, I'm not going to speculate on any more. We have other things to talk about. But uh, still, Tigers need to find a left-handed pitcher. I just hope that they don't overextend themselves again too much. But you know, find the guy with talent. And it's not going to be a guy like James Shields who will command such a salary that we'd be bankrupt for years, I think. <laughs> uh, that's, I don't know. The, the last thing I'll say about that is they need to find one that at a reasonable price. A good one at a reasonable price. Find some Reasonable sort of, enough. Find some sort of steal, almost. Like... We need someone. We need someone there. A left-handed pitcher for sure. No, we do. I mean, again, the, the issue that a lot of people have been talking about is that there's so many teams trying to, you know, again, really get their lineup all solidified for the postseason. That a lot of people are making moves for extra pitchers, and uh, you know, 
when you have that much demand, obviously the price goes up for the guy. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'll see what the Tigers do. Nonetheless, Tigers are signing somebody. Uh, Dombrowski is going to do that regardless. Trust me on that. So we'll just see who they get. And then we will have the re- we'll have that. That'll be our team. And we'll see if they can do that. Again, Tigers are two games ahead, finally, in the Central Division. Hopefully they can uh, make it three possibly tonight. But uh, we are going to move on to the Detroit Pistons. And real fast, I want to ask everyone, Lawrence Frank, do you like him? He is the new coach for the Detroit Pistons. Um, they have offered him the job. Uh, Lawrence Frank, he's going to take it. Again, this has not been formally introduced to the team as a new head coach. But uh, the Pistons were extremely impressed with Lawrence Frank in his first interview. Um, they said that he was just he just wowed um, everyone during his first interview. Um, so Tom Gore is new owner of the Pistons. Obviously very happy. Uh, Joe Dumars really likes this guy. Thinks that you know he can you know command more respect with his credentials, uh, which is a really good thing. Uh, you know uh, Lawrence Frank, um, who, who's had success in the league, and that's the thing. Lawrence Frank, who is a head coach, he was a head coach for the New Jersey Nets. You know took over the team when they had really struggled. One. 13 straight games as a rookie head coach, which was great. Um, you know, he uh, took them to the postseason um, twice um, in 2003 and uh, 2003 four season and the 05 06 season, uh, but lost. Um, they actually, the Pistons were, uh, they played Lawrence Frank in uh, one of those years and they, he actually took us to seven games. We did win that series. But uh, Lawrence Frank, uh, he has head coaching experience, like I said, as well. And uh, he was the insist, he was one of the assistants under the Boston, under uh, Doc Rivers in Boston. Uh, this past year. So what do you guys think out there about Lawrence Frank? 517-432-3893 is the number. Um, I was more high on Mike Woodson, um, who was the former Atlanta Hawks coach. But I I had said before that if they hired Lawrence Frank, I was not going to be irate. I was not going to be very angry. I was just going to, you know, I guess the thing, we'll see. I guess it's we'll see. I mean, he needs to prove it to me. Um, You know, he was with a team that was quite young at the time, and just a lot of players that – you had guys leaving, Jason Kidd leaving, Vince Carter. The team got completely just destru- you know, com- blown apart. And when he started 0-16 in the 0-9-2010 season, he was fired. Um, Lawrence Frank, the only thing I wonder, can he command that respect? They think he can. Lawrence Frank is very young. He's 34 years old, the youngest coach in the league. He has had experience, but he is young. And – the biggest issue that was always last year with the Pistons was the locker room. Was John Kuster not being able to command any respect from these players when having consistent issues with, you know, Richard Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rodney Stuckey, several other players missing shoot around in Philly, and then only six showing up, only only six showing up for the shoot around. My question can Lawrence Frank get these guys to listen to what he has to say? It's one thing, you know, Kuster, you know, guys can talk. He was a good X's and O's coach. But Kuster, you could just tell these guys never really liked him. And especially, I think, when you have guys like Tayshaun Prince and some other guys that have been soft-spoken their whole careers, lashing out at a coach, you know there's an issue. So, uh, I mean, I know you don't know a ton about Lawrence Frank, but, uh, you know, the man, he's a young coach. He's had head coaching experience uh, his whole his whole career. He's 225 and 241 is his record for his career as a head coach. Uh, do you think it's a, a good selection for Detroit? I think at this point anyone is. Any, anyone's better than who we had before, obviously. Um, what, what I've read about him is what you actually just listed off. His, yes. 13 and 0 record as a rookie coach and it's actually the the only like the longest winning streak for a rookie coach in all four um they said all four major sports yep. mm-hmm. and as soon as he left they went 0 16 and then also he has had the head coaching experience and he was um you know uh, Doc Rivers's uh, coaching staff as an assistant coach for the Boston Celtics, and we know how well they did last year too, or this past season. Um, I think it's a good good thing for him. The only thing, as you were saying, is can he de- demand the respect? He is around the same age as a lot of these players, to a degree. Team. Yeah, they're like the we, older guys, guys like the Rip Hamiltons yes. and the the Tayshons. Yep, like they're in their late late twenties, early thirties. You know, that's the only thing. The other thing as well, though, I mean. Tayshawn Prince is not going to be coming back. Uh, he's unrestricted. I just don't see him coming back to the team. Um, ben Wallace might. He's, he's, he's talking about going to law school because of this lockout. Um, you know, Rip Hamilton, you know, somebody we've been trying to move. He might not even be around. So the team can very quickly become much younger right? Uh, very fast. 
So that might not be an issue. Um, no. You know, here's a, here's a quote from uh, Austin Day uh, talking about the hiring of Lawrence Frank. Austin Day says, quote, two thumbs up. He's a winning coach and he's got a lot of experience. He knows what he's doing. He had a little rough patch in New Jersey, but other than that, I think he's a good hire, end quote. And, you know, that's really great to hear. Um, to continue that quote from Austin Day, I think someone that has his credentials will demand more respect. Not that Houston didn't have credentials, but we need someone that's won playoff games. From what I've heard around the league, players respect him, and he expects a lot from his players, end quote. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's that was my thing. No matter who you hired as a coach, he better have had coaching experience in the NBA. Right. He better has had, had success at some point, you know, really – you know, developed certain guys. Uh, you know, one of the things they're really touting greatly about him is that, you know, he's a good point guard coach. You know, coaching Rajon Rondo in Boston to a degree, coaching Jason Kidd in New Jersey. Not that Jason Kidd needs a lot of coaching, but uh, nonetheless, he's good with point guards. And we did just draft Brandon Knight, who looks to be our starting point guard. So, uh, you know, we will see the developments on that. Uh, you know, Lawrence Frank. Um, hopefully should be a really good fit. The Pistons, Joe Dubarnes needs to get this one right. Uh, we've had way too many coaches over the last 10 years, way too many coaches. Um, again, it's been a coaching carousel, as it's been said many a times, and I want to finally see somebody stick in this franchise. Finally, we have ownership. I know Tom, I know Joe Dumars was handcuffed for a lot of time. We finally have an owner. We have a new coach. This is a new era for the Pistons, okay? This is going to be a new identity for them. Now we just need a league to play in. Now we just need not to not to have a uh, lockout, but we'll talk about that at another time because that just got going. Real fast, Pistons Gordon, uh, Pistons Ben Gordon will be one of four players who will continue to get paid if the NBA lockout stretches into the upcoming season. Um, these are all Rabin Brothers uh, clients, and he spread their 2010-2011 NBA salaries over 18 or 24 months in case the lockout forces cancellation of games. So very smart on their agent's behalf. The other players that will benefit from this will be Zach Randolph, who used to play at Michigan State, uh, Karan Butler, and Clippers forward Al Farouk Aminu. So uh, good for these guys. And, you know, our brother says, quote, if there is a lockout, you'll be able to pay your bills, end quote. So uh, good for him. Uh, real fast, for any of our dance enthusiasts uh, out there, there will be tryouts for the Pistons dance team, Automotion. Uh, that will begin Monday, August 1st at 3.30 p.m. at the Palace. Um, you know, it will be a live audition process. Um, a live performance will take place on Thursday, August 4th, um, August 4th at the Crowfoot Ballroom in Pontiac. Automotion finalists are required to participate in rehearsals and perform in live performance to be considered for the team. Uh, Rick Mahorn and James Edwards former Pistons, former Bad Boys, will be among the celebrity judges. Uh, the, live perform- the live performance is free on August 4th and open to the public, and the doors will be opening at 6, 6.30 p.m. Anyone who wants to audition must be 19 or older by August 1st, 2011, and are required to show proof of identification and pay a $25 registration fee. And candidates are required to bring a recent photo and encouraged to bring a resume. So anyone out there that wants to get on the Pistons automotive- automotion dance team or have have a chance. That's when it is. August 1st, 3.30 p.m. at the Palace in Auburn Hills. Megan, you got NASCAR? <laughs> no. I'll, no. I was just wondering. If you don't, I saw we got some Kalen Lucas stuff we can go to. Go for no it. problem at all. I think people want to hear about I think Kalen people would rather Lucas. hear about Kalen Lucas than right. what happened in NASCAR. This yeah, week. Like, nah. I, I don't have time to watch it. No, so. that's fine. I have, I have no clue who won either, and pff, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, MSU's Kalen Lucas. Um, as we discussed before, you know he wasn't uh, he wasn't drafted this year in the NBA draft, but with the lockout going on, uh, Michigan State uh, guard Kalen Lucas is now going to Greece. He's going to pay be playing in the Euro League with Olympicos uh, Olympiacos, Olympiacos, that's how you say it. Olympiacos, uh, which is a, you know, a really good, a successful EuroLeague team. Um, former uh, NBA, well, not former, but Josh Childress, who's now in the NBA, used to play on the Olympiacos team from 2008 to th- 2010. So good luck, Kalen. Um, you know, he's got a team now out in Greece. This is what a lot of guys are doing. Teams are pursuing Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, you have guys like Derrick Rose strongly considering going there. Uh, Darren Williams already going overseas. Um, you know, these guys want to play ball and make some money. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, that's what they're doing. Uh, congratulations to Kalen for, you know, getting uh, getting that. And then, you know, you play there for a while, then you can come back over to the NBA. Uh, real fast also, regarding the aircraft carrier game for uh, college basketball between North Carolina and Michigan State, um, the Navy has finally signed a deal for the game. It is finalized. It's going to be played on the flight deck of the USS Carl Vinson on Veterans Day. It will be played on 11-11-11. Um, and that will be the first game ever to be played outside on an aircraft carrier deck. Um, also, this is the this is the aircraft carrier that actually buried Osama bin Laden at sea. Um, this was the aircraft carrier that was used, so they will be using that one. Um, should be very exciting. Um, I'm very excited for this game. So, should be pretty cool. Nice to see they finally finalized it. I think it's interesting, the aircraft carrier that they chose to use, though. Very true. That's, I mean, and it's Veterans Day, so I guess I could kind of see it, but um, at the same time, I thought that was kind of interesting when you told me that earlier. Yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, maybe it's just, you know, it's just more of that, you know, go America, you know, this... You know, right? That's what you know, like you said, Veterans style. Day, yeah, it's, you know, let's yeah. go America. Um, real fast, a little Red Wings news, uh, not too much for you, but the Red Wings did sign goalie Ty Conklin uh, to a one-year deal worth $750,000 here last Wednesday. Um, Ty Conklin, who, um, you know, really, he's, he's 35 years old. He used to be, you know, used to be a goalie here in Detroit. Um, he backed up Chris Osga during the 2008-2009 season. He won a career-high 25 games that year, had a 2.51 uh, goals against average, and almost a 91 save percent. Um, Ty Conklin loves Detroit. Always had a great time here in Detroit. He had his. He said he had his son born in Detroit here. Um, you know, just loves the area. Very excited to move back. Um, Ty Conklin knows he's going to be a backup, so he ex- accepted that role and has no problem with that role. He did struggle in St. Louis last season with an, a record of eight eight and four three two two goals against average and an eighty eight percent save percentage, but. I still think Conklin's going to be a solid backup for the Red Wings. They also already have Joey McDonald in the third spot with the dual contract between the Griffins and the Red Wings. And in final news regarding the Detroit Red Wings, um, you know, Chris Osgood just retired, and I think it was just a matter of time before everyone was wondering, what is Chris Draper going to do? And it looks like Chris Draper, uh, they've scheduled a press conference uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., which they're expecting for Chris Draper to announce his retirement. Um, It really seems like he's going to do that. Draper has played in over 1,100 NHL games, and all but 20 um, of those with um, uh, only only 20 of those not with the Red Wings. He has 161 goals and 203 assists in his career. 220 playoff games with the Red Wings. 24 goals in the playoffs. 22 assists. Um, you know he's 40 years old. Long time great Red Wing and Chris Draper, uh, fantastic player. And if he retires, you know I wish him the best of luck. I think we all love him here in Detroit. I want to thank all of everybody for tuning in to the Spartan Sports Wrap this evening. Definitely tune in next week for a brand new show of sports. See what's going on. The Asian Invasion is coming up next here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. For all of our listeners, my name is Dave Ferencu, and I'm Megan. And you guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.